Hi, welcome to Attack on Final Fantasy, the Final Fantasy podcast where I try to complete every single Final Fantasy game using attack only. My name is Pete and this week we start Final Fantasy 4. If this is the first time you listen to Attack on Final Fantasy, the basic idea is I play through the Final Fantasy series using attack only in battles. Um, anything out of battles is completely acceptable though. So, for example, if I need to cure out of battle, I can do so with items or magic if I have it at my disposal. The version I'm going to be playing is the PlayStation Vita version with the Final Fantasy IV After Years. That one I will be completing, but it'll be later on down the line. I just want to get the main series out of the way before I start anything like the After Years or 10-2 or 13-2, Lightning Returns, anything extra. So, without delaying any further, let's just jump right into this game. An airship sails through a sea of clouds, high above the earth. Although it is sometimes referred to as the blue planet due to the abundance of water that covers its surface. The Red Wings, a military sector from the Kingdom of Barrow, man the airship. They are under the command of the Dark Knight, Cecil Harvey. However, concern festers within the crew as they saw their way back to Baron and back to their king the one who sent them on this mission to retrieve a water crystal from Mycidia, a distant town filled with mages. Innocence was lost during this mission, and the crew questions the once caring king's reasonings for sending the Red Wings to do this task. The Red Wings' creed was always to protect and not to harm. Cecil tries to reassure the crew that the king must have had his reasons for the raid and only had Baron's best interests at heart. Suddenly, monsters begin attacking the airship. However, Cecil, using his Dark Knight abilities, takes them down swiftly. Now, I had no control over this first fight of the game. With the crew all accounted for, the journey back to Baron Castle continues unhindered. The captain of the guards, Began, greets Cecil at the castle gates. He asks after the water crystal. Cecil confirms the crystal is in their possession and remarks on how the Mycidians were helpless and didn't resist the Red Wings when they tried to take it. Began seems displeased with the pity in Cecil's voice and beckons him to see the king. Cecil follows him through the door leading to the throne room. Began asks Cecil to wait outside whilst he goes in to speak to the king privately first. The scene shifts to inside the audience chamber and Began expresses his concerns to the king about Cecil, how he seemingly questions the king's authority and that he can no longer be trusted. The king agrees and states that all he wants are the crystals. Began then beckons Cecil through to talk with the king. The king asks Cecil to hand over the crystal and Cecil complies with his wishes and passes it to Began. Cecil is then dismissed. Cecil takes a few steps towards the door before turning back and confronting the king. 
stating that his men aren't happy with their work at the moment and that they are questioning the king. The king asks whether Cecil questions him. Cecil begins to reply with a no, but is soon cut off by an enraged king who relieves him of his commander for Red Wings, fearing treason and disobedience. The guards begin closing in on Cecil and the king gives him another task. Cecil is to leave in the morning and slay the phantom beast in the Mist Valley and deliver a bomb ring to the village of Mist. With that, Kane Highwind, who is Cecil's childhood friend and the leader of Dragoon Knights of Baron, bursts into the throne room. He asks the king to reconsider, stating that Cecil did nothing wrong. This outburst further angers the king and he tells Kane to join Cecil if he is so concerned about him. And with that, the guards push them both out of the throne room and slam the door shut. In the hallway, Cecil apologises to Kane for getting him into this mess. However, Kane brushes it off and is certain that the king will forgive them both when they have returned from Mist. He is sure that the king will put Cecil back in the command of the Red Wings. Then he leaves and we are finally in control of Cecil. So, the first thing I'm going to do is follow Kane. Uh, I find that he's sat with two other guards and when spoken to he explains that he became a dragoon to feel closer to his father who died when he was a child. One of the guards tells me Mist is to the northwest of Baron. This is where the very loose connection to Final Fantasy 2 is. Um, there's a little kid in one of the kingdoms in that game who lost his father and he wanted to be a dragoon. People believe that this kid grew up to be Kane. Anyway, now it's time to go explore the castle. It isn't long before we're stopped by Rosa Farrell. No relation to Will Farrell. She's actually Cecil's childhood friend and also his romantic interest. Although Kane quite fancies her as well. Rosa is a skilled white mage and she will eventually become one of healers for the group. She expresses concern for Cecil. But Cecil retaliates, saying that he is fed better than the innocent people of Mycidia. After this interaction, she says she'll see Cecil later and shoves off. I continue my exploration. I find the dungeons, and there are some Mycidians locked up down here. They plead for us to return the crystal to Mycidia. A little further into my wandering, Sid Polindina, I think that's how you pronounce it, catches me. And he is the airship engineer um, for the Red Wings, which is cool. He said he is concerned about King because he's been asked to build an airship that can slaughter people. And then he bumbles off for his dinnerless summit. I don't know, he just wanders off saying he's hungry. So the exploration of the castle continues. And we head up the West Tower and Cecil tucks himself into bed. He ruminates over the king's actions as of late, and it seems as if the king is possessed the way he's been going after these crystals. But he can't defy the king because the king raised himself and Cain as if he were his own flesh and blood. Rosa visits Cecil. She seems concerned that he's just got back from a mission and is now getting ready to depart for another one. She asks Cecil if anything is wrong, but Cecil rejects this notion and tries to convince her and seemingly himself that everything is fine. Then he starts opening up to Rosa about the people that are killed in Mycidia for the crystal, for the king. However, he seems to think that it is his fate as a dark knight and that he thinks a day will come when he won't even feel remorse for his actions. 
Rosa tries reassuring him that this will not happen, but Cecil says he can't defy the king and calls himself a hopeless coward. Rosa asks Cecil to come back to her from his next mission in one piece because she loves him, then leaves the room. Cecil quietly thanks Rosa, but knows deep down they can never be together as long as he is a dark knight. I am a knight. I am a dark knight. Me and Rosa, we can never be together for I am knight. And knight and white cannot, cannot mix because I, I am knight. That's my Batman. It's pretty good. The next morning, Cecil and Kane meet at the castle's main door and leave for the village of Mist. On the world map, I head into Baron and I have a little look around the town. There's not a lot going on though. I found some items in pots and in the long grass. In the end, there's a pub out the back with a storage room, which has a door that is opened by interacting with a pair of cross saws on a wall nearby. There is also the Devil's Road, which teleports people to Mysidia. However, the Mysidians have closed off their end, but can you really blame them? Back on the world map, I go northwest towards a cave that I need to enter. We travel through forests and over bridges, cross some rivers and past a giant waterfall until we find the cave. We set up camp just outside Hill Up, save and then head inside. Once inside Miss Cave, we start making our way through the cave system. A little way in, a voice tells us to turn back, but we plug on ignoring it. A bit further on, the voice addresses us again, telling us to leave at once. Kane questions whether it's the beasts they have come to kill. Once again, we crack on. A few steps on, the voice addresses us as the Knights of Baron and warns us again. This time, it gives us a chance to leave. We decline the opportunity and a mist dragon attacks. Now, because I'm just mashing the attack button, I die pretty quickly. The mechanic on this boss is it'll turn into mist and if you attack it in mist form, it will launch a heavy attack on both Kane and Cecil. So I reload and take my time this time round. After defeating the mist dragon, I leave the mist cave on the other side and head east to the town of mist. When we enter the village, the bomb ring starts glowing and it suddenly releases bombs upon the whole village, destroying everything. Cecil and Kane are naturally disgusted by this act. They take a few steps into the burnt out village and hear a little girl crying for her mum. When they find her, she is crying over the corpse of her dead mother. Bless her. Her mother had died because her dragon had died. So it's a bit of a brave heart situation. Kane tells Cecil that he's heard of people with the power to summon monsters, or more commonly known as summoners. Ah, oh, Kane, you're so good. You're so clever. Cecil realises that they are the ones responsible for killing the girl's mother, as it was them who killed the mist dragon that was guarding the cave exit. The little girl overhears Cecil discussing this with Cain. Cecil says they didn't mean to, because that's how you get away with murder. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I'm really sorry. Ah, you are, mate, off you go. And then it dawns on Cain that the king wished to kill all the summoners in this village. Yeah, if the king's a maniac, you know that, guys. Then suddenly, Cain turns to Cecil and states that they have to obey the king's orders and they will have to get rid of the girl as well. But Cecil argues that she's just a girl 
and that he refuses slaughter any more people in the king's name. Cain then does a 180 and claims that he knew Cecil would say that and he is on Cecil's side. So it's kind of like just a little bit of a sort of test for Cecil to see if he was evil or not. Cain then goes on to say that he owes the king much but he will not disgrace the name of the dragoons. He then agrees to join Cecil on his fight against the kingdom but first they must gather allies for the upcoming war. They both agree on trying to take the girl with them due to the village becoming dangerous. The girl refuses and starts backing off. Kane pushes her a notch too far and she ends up summoning Titan who uses an earthquake which tears a gap in the land and splits Cecil and the girl off from Kane. And now we are back on the world map. We start crossing a large desert towards the next town. There are these little lumps in the ocean which signifies that this is shallow water and you can cross it but we have to get a hovercraft first which we will soon get. We get to Capo, the oasis of the desert and head in, presumably exhausted from carrying a child across a monster infested desert to get here. As soon as we enter, Cecil automatically heads for the inn concerned about the girl's health. As are the people who run the inn and allow us to rest there for free. Cecil attempts to make conversation with the girl who doesn't reciprocate, who doesn't reply. So he apologises for killing her mother and vows to protect her before going to bed. During the night, a general and some soldiers come into the room waking Cecil up. It's a general who's been looking for Cecil and the girl seems to be a bit alarmed over this. And she has every right to be as the general is there in the king's orders and states that all the summoners must be killed and Cecil is to hand over the girl. Cecil declines this motion and the general and the soldiers launch an attack on him. The fight is three soldiers and one general and Cecil handles them easily. Afterwards, Miguel asks Cecil if he's okay, the first thing she has said for a while. Cecil reiterates that he is going to protect her and won't allow anyone to harm her. Good on him, he's a good egg that Cecil, I bloody love him, he's a good bloke, a good solid, upstanding bloody bloke he is, fantastic stuff. This is when the breakthrough happens, the girl introduces herself as Rydia and she joins the party. The rest of the night passes without incident, and now I'm back in control, so it's time to explore the town. My favourite part is exploring towns and castles. Starting with this inn, a travelling scholar upstairs in the pub tells us that there's an old man blocking the way through the water cavern so he can't get through to visit the bull. We also learn that a man called Teller, who is a sage, ran away recently. In the village, we are told the water cavern is northeast, but it is very dangerous due to the sightings of eight water serpents. Also, that Anna, or it could be Anna, it's probably Anna, but who knows? I might have just been watching too much Frozen, I don't know, it's a brilliant film. Brilliant five stars. Anyway, Anna ran away uh, because she fell in love with someone and Teller didn't approve of it. Someone else tells us that Dimerson Castle is to the north of here and they rule over the desert. Apparently the prince, and I quote, 
has a delicate beauty and an exquisite voice. Much like myself, I guess. <laughs> In the weapon shop, I buy a rod for Rydia and a quipette. I speak to the final few people in town. One recommends we put Rydia in the back row, but they obviously don't know I'm doing attack only run and we need all the damage out put that we can get. Another person tells us that a damsel, so not a woman, a damsel, because they're all damsels. All women are just damsels. They're always in distress. <laughs> awful, just awful. Anyway, this uh, this damsel from Baron collapsed on the outskirts of town and is resting in someone's house. And this is the last house in town that we have to visit, so off we go. In the house, a woman tells us that the girl is suffering from desert fever and keeps muttering Cecil over and over. So we go to the back room just to have a little peek. Surprise, surprise, it's Rosa. When spoken to, she just tells Cecil to be careful before falling silent again. A wizened-looking old man nearby tells us that to cure desert fever, we need to go to the Antelon Nest and retrieve the sand ruby. So, we make our way out of town. Making my way downtown, walking fast, Outside town, the first battle that we get into is with some desert Sahagen, and Ridgear goes down straight away, so I have to go back in to rest. After a little bit more grinding, with no more deaths, Ridgear hits level 10. So I go back into town, stock up on some items, and now I head north towards a cave. And that is where I'm going to leave this episode. If you enjoyed it, let me know on either Twitter, which is at SelectAttack, or you can email me. Um, I've got a Instagram, I've got a Facebook thing now. Um, all of this is in the description below. I've got like a little link tree thing. I've got a YouTube channel with one video where I played a terrible game for about three minutes. Um, I should really make some more videos, but I don't know what I'm doing there. Uh, yeah, do all the good stuff for me. Um, still don't know what any of it does. I think it's to do with algorithms, but I'm an old man, so I don't understand any of it. It's not my place to understand. It's for the young'uns to, to understand. It's their world now. If you do follow me on Twitter, you actually get a say in what game I play next. Um, I've started to do little polls with a small selection of games. I try to do a game from each system, but Twitter will only allow you to do four options. So what I like to do is I like to pick um, sort of Final Fantasy VII from PS1 era, then it's Final Fantasy X from PS2 era, and it was Final Fantasy XIII from PS3 era. 
Um, and it was also Final Fantasy IV for me, SNES era, which we've just started because we are done with the NES era. Okay, cool. I'll let your little ear holes rest and I will catch you next time, next week. I'm going to try to get back on a weekly schedule with this. Um, work has been manic for about two months now. I've been working six days a week, so I've not really had a lot of free time. Uh, the free time I have had, I've sort of spent with my wife. We have done a couple of um, nostalgia episodes, which are cool. Uh, we decided the other day that we're going to start having guests on. So, yes, looking forward to that. All right, tight. So, yeah, have a good one, guys, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.